Welcome to Eye on Horror, episode 33, or season 2, episode 11. Uh, I am your host, James J. Edwards, and with me, as always, is your other host, Jacob Davison. How you doing, Jacob? Uh, doing better. I was a bit sick with a cold er- early this week, so I'm glad we're recording now, rather than when uh, I was sonked out on Benadryl. And, we, and we're recording late, too. We, we should have had you on Benadryl, though. That would have been kind of a fun one. Uh, yeah, just like how that guy from Friends doesn't remember recording the first three seasons of Friends. Oh, you leave Chandler out of this. <laughs> or Stephen King doesn't remember writing Cujo because he was so coked out. <laughs> uh, also with us, he's 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 already jumped the gun, but but we love him anyway. Your other other host, John Korea. How you doing, Korea? I'm I'm doing good. You know, just uh, glad to be back in my bed recording because I'm sure <laughs> other people noticed that our last episode my my portion of it and don't get me wrong james did a beautiful job he worked so hard but yeah that was rough uh guys don't record your podcast holding the microphone yeah <laughs> pisses off your editor they couldn't even tell that it was that you it was a handheld microphone <laughs> oh but you could james you could i see guys on youtube doing their podcasts all the time with like one of those snowball mics and they're holding it and first of all they're cupping it in their hand which is terrible and then they're like moving it all over and it just makes me cringe as a sound guy it makes me cringe <sighs> yeah Okay, I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> uh, there hasn't been too much that has come out uh, since the last time we talked, but let's talk about Joker. You guys oh, see Joker? No, I did. Did you see Joker, Korea? No, nah, I was working and I was also sick, but I was like, you know, that heavy man cold. Because, you know, when men get colds, we're like really dramatic about it. And like <laughs> everything shuts down and like... You know, I, I know when I get a cold, I go, I I keep shouting, I'm dying at least like every minute. So <laughs> I couldn't do a whole lot. But except, Men are such wimps. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge baby when it comes to cold. So, uh, well, you should see it because it, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's only tangentially horror, but it's pretty horrific. And Joaquin Phoenix, if he doesn't get an Oscar nom, it's got to be there's some kind of bias because he is incredible in it. It's um, I've heard a lot of people complaining about that. It's it's not a true Joker origin story. It's like, well, you know what? The Joker is a famously unreliable narrator. I mean, how many different stories about the scars did we get out of Heath Ledger's Joker? You know, I mean, you can't trust a thing that come that comes out of his mind. And then, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a point in the movie where you doubt basically everything that you have seen and will see from that point on. So you it doesn't really matter that this isn't the Joker that you are used to seeing because it is a Joker. And I thought it was incredible. I loved it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that, that it's, you know, it d- doesn't matter what came before. Like, this is just, you know, the the kind of a different take on the Joker. Uh, as for my thoughts on it, I mean, I've, I mean, I really loved Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I don't know. Just... It didn't quite mesh for me. Like, I don't know, I just felt a little disjointed. But, yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. Just didn't think it was that great. And uh, I and I do feel, though, that it is definitely horror-adjacent because the, oh, yeah. the big vibe I got from it while watching it was Maniac and, like, a lot of 80s New York sleaze-type horror, horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. That what It's basically... It, it's a it's a spiritual soulmate to like Taxi Driver or The King of Comedy, you know, which is funny because uh, De Niro's in it. He's not he doesn't play the Travis Bickle, 
Rupert Pupkin character, but he is in it. So it's kind of funny that it does draw such heavy influence from that. But it, yeah, it definitely has that sleazy New York, even though it's Gotham City, not New York, but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. freaking New York. Um, it does have that that dirty, gritty feel to it that I, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was terrific. J- just last night, and, and it opens, uh, but by the time you hear this, it will have opened this weekend. But last night I saw Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, how was it? Uh, it it's, if you like Zombieland, it's more of the same. Um, it is, it's hilarious. Uh, it's not super scary, but that's mainly because zombies aren't scary. You know, it's just, it's more of a comedy than a horror movie. Uh, it is, it's fun because there's a lot of, I love how all the characters are named after their home cities. So, you know, not only do you have Columbus, Tallahassee, Wichita, and Little Rock, but you've got Madison and Berkeley. And then these two guys show up, uh, Albuquerque and Flagstaff, and they are carbon copies of Tallahassee and Columbus. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the trailer. <laughs> in the trailer. Uh, Thomas Middleditch and... Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. It is... That leads to some of the funniest bits in the whole movie. It's having... You know, you basically have two Tallahassee and Columbuses. <laughs> it's so funny, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's cool. Uh, what are you guys seeing this um, week? Well, I haven't seen a lot of new stuff, but man, I've been seeing a lot of horror stuff. You saw something new last night, didn't you? Oh well, actually, yes, I did see Rabid last night. Yeah, I want to hear about that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to steer you there. <laughs> oh no, no problem. I mean, I was going there, but if you want to get to it now, okay. Yeah, we're not. But anyway. Patient. Okay. I want to hear about Rabbit. <laughs> so, yeah, I saw Rabbit last night as a part of Scream Fest in Hollywood at the Chinese Theater. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Soska Sisters did a remake of the David Cronenberg 70s movie of the same name. And, yeah, it was, pre- it was pretty good. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it definitely had their kind of stamp on it. And... I liked uh, some of the decisions they made in adapting it. Like they gave the main character Rose more agency and character, and there was and there was this in- interesting backdrop, uh, backdrop of uh, the fashion industry, uh, along with you know like people going rabid and a lot of sex and violence all to- all together in in a lot of cases, um, and of course good old fashioned body horror. But the interesting thing uh, that I noticed while watching it is that it it is also kind of an overall homage to Cronenberg because the Soska sisters are huge fans of him and uh, they definitely showed it like because there are little shout outs and references and homages to uh, everything from Dead Ringers to Shivers. Yeah, I mean, the the only real problem I had with it was that it was rather constrained by its limited budget. Uh, The effects were good. It's just, you know, when you're doing a movie about a pandemic, you know, and they don't really have a lot to work with, it's kind of hard to show that scale. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. Like, it was worth a watch. Cool. What else have you seen uh, that's not new? All right. Well, like I was, as I was about to say, uh, last Saturday, uh, I was at a uh, horror movie marathon at the Dynasty Typewriter hosted by uh, Friday Night Fright, Secret 16, and uh, the Voyager Institute. Because every several months they do a six-movie marathon with a different theme, and this theme was... Or anthology. So it was an anthology of anthologies. And we got to see some cool and very rare stuff. Like, uh, let's see, it was Tales from the Crypt, Creepshow 2, Black Sabbath, Twilight Zone the Movie, Asylum, and Tales from the Dark Side the Movie, all on glorious 16mm. 
I'm going to put in cheering crowds on Twilight Zone, the movie, and Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, because th- yeah. those are... Uh, and I'm so glad, those, and I'm so glad <laughs> they awesome. gave you a bathroom break with Creepshow 2. <laughs> oh, oh, don't nah. be like the, that. The Raft is probably my favorite of both... Well, I, I don't count Creepshow 3. So The Raft <laughs> is probably my favorite segment of the two Creepshow movies. But yeah, I think I, I kind of agree with you on the other two. Why'd you have to remind me of Creepshow 3? Like, I... I that, <laughs> Oh, I was so happy with forgetting that that movie existed. And then like <laughs> suddenly oh, just ruined my night. Oh, geez. Sorry. Thanks. Although you'd be surprised. <laughs> Creepshow 2 actually got a pretty good reaction from the crowd and rewatching it. You know, I could definitely, you know, uh, old Chief Wooden has, has its moments and it does have George Kennedy, but also the hitchhiker. Uh, that one was pretty fun. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. <laughs> uh, and it was really cool to see uh, Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, on the on the big screen and on, on and on film. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, it always blows me away. When I, I always forget that, like, Julianne Moore and Christian Slater, I mean, there are some huge names before they were huge names in that movie. And Steve and I Buscemi. Always forget that. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> They're all in the same one, the mummy. Yes. One. Yeah. And uh, is it is a Buster Poindexter, the hitman for the cat? Uh, uh, David Johansson. Buster yes, I, I believe that yeah. was. Yeah. When, when he was in the New York Dolls, he was Buster Poindexter. But yeah. I think his acting name is David Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is cool, to, you know, just seeing uh, that many pretty big name actors in one movie. And uh, also, I totally forgot Ray Don Chong was in the third one. Uh, the the uh, gargoyle one, and that's James Remar, right? Is the the guy? Uh, yes, yes, it was James Remar, and yeah, no, just it's just so much fun to see these movies with a crowd, back to back like that. Yeah, because it, it it was it's genius really with an anthology theme because you know it's six movies, but you're getting like dozens and dozens of different stories all in one night. And the way that anthologies are set up, usually there's a little bit of a crowd pleasing air to them anyway because they have to get in get out and you know get their point across so short in such a short amount of time yeah so i imagine that six anthologies in a row just rolls like gangbusters <laughs> pretty much uh though admittedly black sabbath kind of dragged a little that would be the dragger of the bunch that you i mean it, of the bunch that you named that would be the one that i would guess would be a little yeah yeah slow why they put it in the middle ah yeah there's your bathroom break korea yeah. Nah. Creep show too. Sorry. <laughs> like it's it's a it's a fun one to catch when it's on cable every now and then, but like I everyone keeps like, you know, it says the same thing. Well the raft saves it. Then the raft's okay. <laughs> Also wanted to mention, because I, I don't think we recorded this by the time I did it, but I was at the last uh, few shows at Beyond Fest, so I got to see some cool stuff. Yeah, Beyond yeah, Fest. Yeah, and actually, we, we actually, me and John saw some stuff together. Oh, yeah, we did? Yeah. Well, what'd you guys see? Oh, we saw everything. No. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the new stuff we saw because we saw a lot of classic stuff. Like we mm-hmm. went to a Tom Atkins triple feature, or I went to a Tom Atkins triple feature. Yeah, I wasn't there for that. As uh, as our fans should know by now uh, from our Facebook, uh, I did get my Tom Atkins doll signed on the chest, the bear yes. chest. So, what did he think about his likeness? Uh, he he <laughs> thought the face was very likeful, but he said. Uh, and I quote, my body has never looked that good. To which <laughs> I awkwardly said, I don't know, man. We saw a few movies where you took off your shirt and, uh, you know, it looked pretty close. And then it got silent. <laughs> cricket, like, cricket, weirdly. cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we took the photo before he did the signing. So 
he didn't hate me that yet but uh, <laughs> yet <laughs> we we did go to the um jacob and i went to the world premiere of are you afraid of the dark and let me tell you something it is awesome uh first of all they showed two of the most kinder trauma episodes of the original oh, series yeah. before and it just set the mood right because this new take on it is so well done um there's three episodes they showed two because apparently like they just finished editing the second one before they brought it over and it's perfect because it it, it explores more of the midnight society group the kids that tell the scary stories at the fire pit but it also melts like their story into their lives really well and they develop these characters so well that even one of the bit characters when something happens to them you know you felt like oh shit where did that kid go like i'm actually concerned on what happened to this child yeah, it was very well written, and the characters uh, really had depth to them. And it, and it's cool to just see characters on a TV show that are horror fans and also the leads, because you know you don't you don't really see that too often nowadays. Oh yeah, and it, like I almost was kind of upset in how much I liked it. Like <laughs> it, it was really good. Like it had no reason to be that good. Like there's no reason why Nickelodeon now should be making something so well made and i would honestly say it handled it handled you know adapting something from the 90s for a new generation better than scary stories to tell in the dark uh did earlier this summer granted i i still love that movie but i think this did a better job is it nickelodeon that did it yeah Yeah. 2019 nickelodeon is it as kid-centric as the original series was oh yeah original series was very like like goosebumps kind of a feel that what it was only scary if you were like eight no actually this one was very well filmed and yeah. i uh am i must admit i did jump once or twice like it he did nice scares. let me tell you let me tell you something <laughs> it, jacob and i also went to uh um queen mary's uh dark, dark harbor, harbor. When Jacob jumps, it's the greatest thing on earth. I love it so much. <laughs> I startle easily, I admit. <laughs> and it's and it's so much fun. But he did jump a few times in it. And it's not like they're, you know, it's not like, you know, when Pennywise in the new It movies is at his scariest. It's not like that type of scary. But it does get you at certain points. And they're definitely not going for that, like, cheese factor that you see in a lot of kids shows, especially like the 90s Goosebumps and original Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, they handle it with a pretty serious tone, and my only complaint was I wanted to see more of um, Mr. Top Hat, who's the main villain. Yeah, it's like the ba- there's like this bad guy, it's kind of, the story's got kind of like a sinister carnival theme. It's very, uh, something wicked this way comes, which, yeah. again, you know, perfect kinder trauma. So, yeah, I'm stoked to see episode three once that rolls out yeah and episode one is available for free online right now and by the time this posts uh episode actually probably episode two and three should be up at least but it's definitely worth checking out man like it's it's real good and it's something you can watch with your kids if you have kids and also after that screening they played the gate in 35 millimeter fuck yeah they did and that was my first time seeing it seeing it at at all or in 35 i'd never seen it before why do i think that you're a big fan of the the, it's the keep i'm thinking of yes okay yeah. very different yeah well i but but that whole the and one syllable <laughs> i guess you know <laughs> i'm the resident big gate fan here okay there you go i'm getting yeah. you guys confused but but it is the keep that i was getting it confused yes. with on that end there's just so much information that my brain can process before i lose some so yeah i mean it's a the gate is a movie about kids that play a demonic punk rock heavy metal record i mean how is that like not super appealing to me with little steven dorf oh yeah yes. and the sequel has pamela aldrin <laughs> in it oh that was like she's always been a crush 
since I was like a kid and caught the gate too on like a free HBO preview weekend. Oh, and just uh, some last words on like uh, some of the other stuff. I did at Beyond Fest. Uh, let's see. Got to go to a repertory screening of Madman. Very fun slasher. Still holds up. Oh, and I got to go to uh, the 4K e- The Evil Dead screening with the uh, new score by Joe LaDuca. Looks beautiful, ah. and I dig the new score. They're showing that um, at the Ken down here at uh, for the Midnight Movie, I think, Ooh. in I think in maybe two weeks. November 2nd, I think, is the day. So I was on the fence about going because these midnight movies are, you know, I'm old. But uh, maybe I'll go if, uh, if if it has your stamp of approval. Just drink a monster. If you want to see uh, The Evil Dead in crystal clarity, then, you know, there it is. I've seen it on the big screen before, but I don't... Is this a new transfer? As yeah, well? it's a new 4K transfer and a new score. Maybe I'll have to suck it up and actually... Uh, Go out of my house, <laughs> leave the comforts of my house on a cold November night. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, lastly, but not leastly, uh, I got to go to the Joe Begos double feature of VFW and Bliss. Yes. And man, VFW was so badass. Uh, you know, it's basically Assault on Precinct 13 with kind of ex- an expendables of action movie a- actors. You know, you got Stephen Lang. Uh, William Sadler, Fred the Hammer, Williamson fighting like drugged up psycho punks, uh, and Bliss. Bliss was a lot of fun. Uh, like it, it was real trippy, weird kind of vampire drug addict addiction type movie. Uh, like and it, it 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 is probably one of the more unsettling movies I've seen this year. Like it it gets intense. Cool. Let's move on to our subgenre of the of the bye week which i'm gonna be honest with you i've forgotten what it is so jacob let us know well i have a question for you james okay do you want to party <laughs> it's, it's party, party time, time. <laughs> okay i remember now <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> not leaving you out i just you know i was just continuing the I conversation like to party. <laughs> <laughs> all right what what's our subgenre? Let, let's let everybody else in on it. Uh, well, yeah, we, well, I want to, we're talking party movies, and uh, Jonathan was the one who suggested suggested it as a subgenre. And, and you know, when you think about, it, there are so many horror movies that revolve in and around, or even titled parties. So, and considering you know Halloween is very festive and partying time of season, you know it's uh, definitely worth looking at. When I think of party movies, um, I mean there's always like there's the old corn and you know slumber party massacre, yeah. and, you know. But um, the the most fun one for me is Scream because it seems like any of these slashers, these new slashers, whenever there's a killer on the loose, the first thing the kids do is have a party. Yeah, and Scream is the you know it's like the town's under curfew so they're like all let's throw a party you know (laughs) everybody's around and they're watching horror movies just daring this killer to come in so that that's the uh that's the one and i think they had a party a similar party in scream 4 as well yeah i think they did but uh, yeah the scream movies had the fun parties yeah uh and back at it uh yeah of course slumber party massacre and slumber party massacre 2 and 3 come to mind because they've got party in the title and yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's again, you know, it's just a pretty basic premise. A uh, bunch of girls having slumber party, and uh, that's the thing, like, it could easily go into the comedy genre because then you got the boys who want to crash the party, and like the adults who 
trying to be stern or you know kind of looking the other way it, then you got a psycho killer with a drill uh crashing you know, crashing things <laughs> slumber party massacre is the most it's like it's the greatest movie of all time yeah. no it's, it's the most feminist horror all movie three, ever all three directed by women and yeah, co- but, and but co-written by women. The first one is so funny because it's like the killer literally has a phallus, a, a drill, a yeah. phallic symbol as his weapon. Yeah. And spoiler alert for a movie that's almost forty years old, the way they defeat him is by cutting the phallus. Yeah. <laughs> they castrate yeah, they the killer. Uses a machete to cut off the drill bit, <laughs> and he's powerless. <laughs> Oh. I love this. It's it, like we were talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You know, it's it's Slumber Party Massacre. It's not subtext. It's text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's because he holds it basically at the groin level most of the <laughs> yes, movie. <he> does. <laughs> I and That movie is just so perfect in so many ways for me. Like, I was rewatching it again recently in the scene in the beginning with the van. It's like, first yeah. of all, there's no reason like why they had like an attractive woman as like the electrician working on the poles, but they did. And then like he kills her in the van and everyone's like, oh, someone's having a good time in there. It's like, no, she's getting drilled. No, not like that. Nah. And I, w- and I would like to mention Slumber Party Massacre 2 just because of how bizarre they they take they take the movie cuz like the second one has a like Freddy Kruegerish uh like greaser rockabilly uh killer who has a drill guitar yeah. and like stalks <laughs> his victims in their dreams see Slumber Party Massacre 2 is one of those movies that I feel like I should love, like it should be one of my favorite movies ever, and I don't know. I I think I need to watch it like three or four more times before like yeah. I can find what I need to love about it. But I haven't found it yet. But I'll get there. <laughs> and then I never remember what happens with three. Three just kind of always. Yeah, th- yeah, three was kind of a rehash of the first one, but with like a bit more of a mystery element to it, and yeah, yeah a little bit more heavy on the gore. What's your uh, what's your go to? party horror movie korea well when i think ultimate horror party you can't help but think of well it's already kind of been mentioned but return of the living dead is the ultimate yeah like yes that's the kind of partying i'm into you know it's great no, no party unless it's in a graveyard yeah yeah you got <laughs> trashy people doing trashy things and like name trash yeah name trash uh <laughs> <laughs> and i just there's there's so much there's it's that movie's just so like perfect to me especially that soundtrack which is nothing but like banger uh punk rock from uh suicidal tendencies to the cramps just all around uh 45 grave oh so good yeah um but there's just like that one moment where i forget the the fully shaved uh character with the nose ring, with the chain and everything. Yeah. And it's just like... Suicide. Yeah, suicide. When it's just like, oh, like, why can't people just see... He's, like, complaining about not being taken, like, as a serious individual. And then, like, <laughs> one of them just goes, shut up, dude. <laughs> he's like, why can't they see, like, this is just an expression of how I feel on the inside. And they're like, shut the fuck up. You think this uh, is a costume? This is a way of life. Yeah, there, there it is. Um, but also... To me, one of the ultimate party scenes also is in Trick or Treat with the uh, werewolf scene. When oh, they all start yeah. shedding. Like, that looked like an awesome party, too. I mean, if you were a werewolf, if you're one of their victims, it didn't look that, that fun. <laughs> and during that scene, didn't they blast, like, Marilyn Manson? Yeah, sweet dreams are made of these. Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> 
discovered. I love when that pops up in horror movies, like Hassan Haunted Hill. Yeah. Have either of you guys, speaking of party movies, have either of you guys seen Climax yet? Uh, uh no. I still need to. I've had my arrow release forever. It is, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's Gaspar Noy, so you know what you're, what you're getting into, but, um, it, it, I mean, you want to talk about a party movie. It is basically the first maybe 15 or 20 minutes is this dance troupe doing their thing. But then after that, it's just a party. And it just so happens somebody spikes the punch with LSD. So, you know, not all trips are created equal. Kind of sounds like a recent party movie. Does everybody remember Midsommar? Ah. (laughs) That's like an ultimate party movie. What? Honestly, like without if it weren't for like, you know, the murder stuff or the suicide (laughs) stuff, like that seems like it would would have been a pretty cool festival to go to. You know, with all the humming and eating shrooms all the time. You know, that's, and, that's a party. meat pies. <laughs> oh, dude, I fucking love meat pies. No oh, like, God. And then it it's never dark out. Like, dude, like, yes. <laughs> Is it tomorrow? <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say before, uh, and, you know, for a more classy horror party experience uh there's the house on haunted hill movies the original and the remake both revolving around parties at a haunted house and things going bad and i mean like i mean i mean just in general i would go to any party that was hosted by vincent price haunted or not dude especially when vincent price is at his most sassy like he was one sassy bitch in that movie, and I loved it. Yes, he was. And I just love his hook, you know, like, uh, there'll be, uh, what was it? There'll be... Uh, Food and drink and ghosts. Yes, yeah. yes, that's the line, that's the line. And maybe a murder. Murder, yes. <laughs> and then there's uh, Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which... You know, this is Linnea Quigley got to go to the Return of the Living Dead graveyard party and the Night of the Demons uh, soiree. She knows how to party on Halloween. Return of the Living Dead was actually a 4th of July party, I guess. Yeah. So Linnea Quigley in Halloween and 4th of July. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what what other good party movies oh, are there? Well, I wanted to segue into this because uh, I'm actually going to the screening tonight after ah. this podcast, uh, and I'm wearing the shirt right now. Uh, dude Bro Party Massacre Three, and you know that's the thing. It's about it's about a bunch of dude bros, so of course they're like partying and drinking all the goddamn time, and uh, yeah, it's like an inverse on Slumber Party Massacre and all that because uh, instead of a sorority or you know like schoolgirls, it's a bunch of uh, meathead. Uh, frat guys who uh, like ha- who have to go to like this uh, do- uh, dorm house by the lake or something and they and that's where we're gonna like do their uh, frat partying and their main antagonist is a female slasher named Motherface probably my favorite villain name ever <laughs> yeah, Motherface no, yeah it's it they re- they really knew their stuff when they were doing it and yes yeah, and it it, it is in my personal opinion, one of the funniest horror comedies of the 2010s. Like, it, like it, it's just because it's like the airplane of horror movies. There's like a joke every five seconds because, you know, it's like five-second films made it. And, yeah, they don't mess around with the kills. Like, there's some pretty over-the-top, uh, like, slashings and uh, people getting ripped apart. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good time. Cool. Let's move on to our topic, which I'm going to let Korea introduce because he was the one who got inspired to uh, make this our topic. So take it away, Korea. Well, I mean, yeah, we try to we try to cover stuff that's more topical. And this was something that popped up in the news uh, this week um, that Maniac Cop is, you know, Nicholas Winding 
Ren, whose name I always screw up, so my <laughs> apologies. Um, Is that how he, you say it, Ren? I thought it's it was Reffin. Wind and, I always thought it was Reffin, too, but I could be wrong. Dude, I, Nicholas, I, I get names wrong Reffin? constantly, so apologies <laughs> to everybody. Especially especially to you, uh, J- Jake and Jam. Sorry, guys. Um, so... Uh, well, he's been developing a remake of Maniac Cop for years, and it just got greenlit at HBO as a TV series. And uh, just thinking about like all the different movie franchises that have been turning to TV shows, that's been like a pretty big trend. I remember even just a couple years ago, it seemed like every major franchise was being tapped for a TV show. And mostly what I wanted to talk about is because like, Days before, I actually finally got around to watching the first two Maniac Cops. I haven't brought myself to watch the third one yet. I mean, after lusting killed off Bruce Campbell within the first 12 minutes of the second one, you know, I'm a little mm. still, still butthurt over that. But um, I, it got me thinking because when I was watching it, I didn't even think about the reboot happening. And then they announced the TV show. But there's this great moment in the original Maniac Cop where, the you know, the killings have happened. It's starting to get out that that it's a maniac cop doing this and they're interviewing people on the street and everyone's like, I'm scared. When I see a cop, I go on the other side of the street. I tell my kids to walk the other way. And then it cuts to a black person and he says, yeah, they've been doing this to me and my friends for years. They've been shooting us in the back when we try to, you you know, when we're just walking down the street and it was this really real moment uh, within this pretty cheesy movie. And it was interesting because that scene is followed up by, this uh, white woman who's in a car that broke down and this regular cop is approaching, but she gets so freaked out, she immediately pulls out a gun and shoots him in the face. Obviously, that wasn't the maniac cop, but I thought there was a lot that can be said about, you know, the tensions between a lot of Americans and, you know, and the police force, especially nowadays after all these riots and these uh, video clips that are going viral every day. Uh, uh, you know, that there could be some interesting stuff to be said, but it sounds like Nicholas Wren just kind of wants to make like an 80s super new wave, colorful, as he said, cocaine fueled uh, throwback. But I hope he takes a few moments to actually engage that. But anyways, to get back to like the real thing that we want to talk about is just what are some of your guys's like favorite shows that came out of franchises what are some of the ones that you think are the worst and what are some that you really want to see kind of either redone or followed up on a tv show well the first one that comes to mind for me uh and i mean this is, this is more of a technical technical thing really but um you know like uh tales from the dark side the show what you know that that kind of came from creep show because uh yeah like they wanted to make a creep show anthology show on tv uh romero and king but uh i think there was like a rights issue or something that kind of kept them kept that from happening so they made a new title a new theme tales from the dark side and you know it was and it was just great that you know they were able to continue doing anthology stuff uh, after creep show and you know there's some real uh, freaky episodes in in that series, you know, and, and especially a couple of uh, Halloween ones. Like my favorite, probably being uh, the Halloween candy one with like the grumpy old man who messes with a Halloween goblin and gets cursed. And without Tales from the Dark Side, you know, it's the thing it was like a domino effect because after that we got the anthology series Monsters, which was the anthology show 
uh, with like a different monster every episode. So, you know, it's kind of funny how that happened and, you know, keeping it full circle. Now we have Creep Show, the anthology series on Shudder. Which, speaking of Creep Show, um, I remember we, I had only seen the first episode and I was complaining, not really complaining, but I was saying it was more Tales from the Crypt than Creep Show. The second episode with the werewolf soldiers, that is what I thought Creep Show should and would be because that had the the crazy primary color lighting with the the comic book transitions i mean that, yeah. that that was that was exactly what i was expecting now we are firmly into the territory of my shit when it comes to creep show <laughs> i'm all aboard nice i've got a soft spot for uh the the finger the uh episode where the guy finds like a weird little claw and it yeah. turns into a a cute but deadly little monster named bob and the, <laughs> and the newest episode which will be the second newest uh once this is posted um with the kids who go basically hunting on halloween Have you oh guys watched yeah that one? i saw yeah. that yeah like that had a real creep show vibe to it yes it, yeah very much a creep show vibe to it which is a good thing because it was creep show <laughs> yeah well i mean i just i just meant i was i just meant that you know i was agreeing with what you were saying that it recaptured the style that that you that you were wanting uh yeah, same go, yeah. same goes for the suitcase where like a slacker finds a guy all twisted up like a pretzel in his suitcase and every time he's in pain like money comes out of him like you know that that had a real good kind of uh comeuppance karmic st style yeah that one was almost more of like a twilight zone because of that comeuppance at the end you're like oh yeah you know so oh, i still feel like the whole idea of the comeuppance is tied to uh creep show because you know ties to ec comics yeah i mean the the tides one and the original creep show was definitely comeuppance all around <laughs> and same with the wraparound story with Tom Atkins, you know, shouting <laughs> at his kid, which he had the best story for that out of the Q&A, but I'll leave that for another time. Okay. <laughs> uh, as far as like modern times goes, I remember how happy I was and still am to, that they made The Purge into a TV series yeah. because the movies themselves have never actually really thrilled me. I think the first one is the first half is good until it turns into just a shoot 'em up. But The Purge movies, for such a strong concept, I've never been thrilled with the movies. But the the show, the series actually got me. I mean, it, it lost a little bit of steam towards the end because I feel like they didn't quite know how they were they were they were going for a series arc and I don't think they quite pulled it off, but it was still I mean, that's what I wanted to see from the purge. So I'm glad it was almost like they just took like a ten hour movie and that I was I was happy with that. Me personally, I absolutely loved the Exorcist TV show because they really figured how to make it kind of like seasonal episodic, but it's still tied into the original series without spoilers really well. Uh, it was phenomenal. Plus, Gina Davis is always awesome. And John Cho killed it in second season and probably gave one of the most emotional scenes I've seen on TV in a really long time. When Gina Davis shows up and reveals who she is, oh. it's a it's a stand up and cheer moment. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, although you could probably guess. But I got so uh, giddy. <laughs> it's a it's a total stand up and cheer moment. You're like, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I was going to agree with James. I really liked uh, the Purge TV show, and now it's back for a second season. I need to watch the first episode, though, but it, mostly because, you know, it's such a huge concept that, you know, that the that series really gives it a chance to kind of explore all the facets of uh, a show like that because, uh, you know, there's just so much you could do in one day when crime is legal. My wife would, um, when they first came up with the concept, she was saying, what do they do the next day when and, you know, is there like a crew that goes and cleans up after the purge? And it looks like that's what they're going to do with yeah. this new season. Pur- the purge the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's that in-between time. Like, people yeah. probably showing people preparing, people trying to plan, maybe try to get away with something and, and like, set it up for purge day. I'm interested with that. And I really like the promotional stuff they've been doing with it because they've been releasing these uh, clips from... Uh, it's not Good Morning America, but it's it's styled like Good Morning America, where it's like this uh, peppy uh, TV show host talking about all all the all the news from the purge and uh, like so, and you hear about like some of the crimes people did, like uh, one company dumped all its garbage uh, like all around the city because there are no dump you know you can just dump dump whatever there and then and. Uh, yeah. So it. So yeah. It's it, exactly. You know. There's just so many different angles to look at. Yeah. I mean. There's more. There's. There are more laws than than uh, apply to just murder. So. Yeah. I mean. Basically, if if all crime is legal. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying. Let's go dump all of our. You know. You can dump whatever you want. There's one guy in the first purge goes to break into an ATM. Yeah. Which is <laughs> like my favorite guy again in the whole movie i want to know if someone takes over someone else's house do they have to then start paying property tax on that (laughs) no one has answered that question for me um but so real quick lightning round what are some other great continuation shows from horror franchises Ash vs. Evil Dead is an obvious. Oh, yes, of uh, course. Yeah, of course. What about Freddy's Nightmares? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not so much an extension, but it was kind of no. interesting how they gave, uh, they made an anthology show around Freddy, and with, with some connections. He was the Crypt Keeper. There was one episode that was like his, uh, not really origin, but it what happened to him, it, basically his trial. Yeah, but although there were a few episodes where like it was stuff that Freddy was doing, like one of my favorites was like Freddy was screwing around with the head of this like uh, general or somebody uh, who was control and was about to start a nuclear war, which you know kind of explored just like how. Uh, dangerous Freddy could be if he really you know went for it like he could drive a dude uh, a dude with the power to unleash nukes crazy yeah what about the Friday the 13th uh, TV show which had nothing to do with Jason (laughs) it was just cursed artifacts I did want to bring that up because it's a fun show yeah it was and you know surprisingly gory you know it's amazing what they were able to get away with Uh, it was like X-Files before there were X-Files because there was a it was kind of a monster of the week because they had to track down a different artifact every week a different cursed artifact yeah but then there was an overarching series you know storyline between you know the the, the brother sister combo right the, yeah. e- the evil uncle who like wanted who wanted to come back from hell or something and um the and uh yeah I, I, I was and i was reading you know that there was originally a uh, an idea to bring jason onto the show with the revelation that jason's hockey mask was a cursed item and that's why he was invincible or why he kept on coming uh, back that would explain a lot but he came back 
a bunch of times or a couple times before he got the mask. Uh, not invincible because he got the mask in the third one. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, yeah, he wasn't as invincible till he got the mask. Yeah, in the second one, he was just a big guy. Yeah. Well, in the second one, that was basically him going through his adolescence, teenage years as like, you can see it in his movements that he was moving around like an awkward teenager quite a bit. And then, yeah, I've, sorry, I never did my dissertation on <laughs> Jason's development through the movies, but yeah. That's how I view the second one, at least. Pretty much. Now, what are some bad examples of series that did not do it right? You have been waiting to ask this question, so why don't you tell us? (laughs) All right. I mean, if you're going to impression, fuck Damien, dude. They screwed that. How do you screw up Damien so much? I mean, like, God, like, (laughs) Omen 3. I, I love that movie. It's not a great movie, but like they still explore so much of what an adult Antichrist can do. And there's so much story there that you can explore. And like they just like, just, wow, they made they made Omen 4 watchable. That's like and I've had food poisonings more enjoyable than that movie. Ugh, I hated that Damien show so goddamn much. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it last like only two episodes before it was canceled? Pretty much. I mean, like it. Like, they aired the rest of it, I believe, but, like, it wasn't worth it. I think they kind of... Wasn't it on, like, A&E or something? It was on, it was on something that, yeah, like, some was... channel that had, like, no reason to, like, really be doing that. Yeah, I didn't watch the rest of it, but, uh, like, did you guys see Bates Motel? Yeah. I You know, I started watching Bates Motel, but it took me out of it when Norman Bates had a had an iPhone. I was like, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Are we retconning <laughs> this, or, you know, is Psycho take place in the future? You know, well, I, it that that took me out of it. it. It was a prequel series that took place in modern time, and I'll admit I fell off because it they was it was too much about the mystery of the town in the early se- seasons. But I heard it once it got like more into like closer to like Psycho timeline and like the final seasons and whatnot, it was good again. But yeah, I fell off that wagon pretty quick too. Yeah, I, t- I tried watching the first couple episodes, but yeah, I just couldn't really quite get into it. Do you guys consider Hannibal to be in this category that we're talking oh, yes. about? Because it, oh. Hannibal was more about the books, oh. but but there were parallels to the movies. In fact, especially when they ended up, they were when that series finally ended, they were getting firmly into Silence of the Land territory there and manhunter yeah but that's a good one that's that's an example of oh the, yeah no yeah, no no i'm i'm I, I couldn't think of any really bad <laughs> ones so i brought up uh hannibal yeah <laughs> which i feel terrible for not remembering i am so sorry brian fuller um <laughs> forgive me um but yeah hannibal is is so good and i'm a huge fan of the books the movies hell even hannibal rising had its moments both the books and the movie the book and the movie but yeah that series was just gorgeous to watch i mean who could have known that cannibalism could have looked so appetizing and that show just makes it look just like the food's so good and then you're like oh wait crap that is that dude's like liver that they're cooking right now crap <laughs> Uh, did you guys ever watch the Miss TV show? I did. I did not like it. Ugh. Like, how, how bad was it? Because it didn't look good. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't terrible, terrible, but just they really wasted the concept. Like, it could, like it had some interesting moments, and it was kind of cool in some ways how they kind of twisted the story around, but yeah, just it just took forever and anything to happen. And worst of all, no monsters. Like, the mist itself was kind of the monster it like created hallucination or something like i don't know just after how great the 2007 mist was like the spike tv show version without monsters just really let me down 
And of course, although in terms of good uh, adaptations and continuations, you know, I keep on forgetting this just because, you know, like you think about the show more than the movie. Like this is definitely an example of the show superseding the movie uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Because, man, I love that show when I was in high school. And the show absolutely overshadowed the, the movie. Oh, yeah. And, and I think part of that is because Sarah Michelle Gellar is a little more um, memorable of a Buffy than, was it Christy Swanson? I yep. don't even remember who it was. Is Christy Swanson? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all around. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, I love Donald Sutherland, but he wasn't uh, as good as a Giles as the one they got for the TV show, whose name is escaping me right now. But... I mean, yeah, the the only casting that I wish would have carried over was Paul Rubens. Like, I wish Paul Rubens came back and played his character again on the TV show. I think that would have been pretty great. Uh, and out of curiosity, did, it, did either of you guys see uh, From Dust Till Dawn, the series? Yeah, I watched the first few seasons. I watched the first season, but I just need to catch up. I liked the show a lot. I mean, it was a bit slow in the beginning when it was... It, it's funny, because when you watch the movie... The parts where it's like before the vampire, they get to the titty twister, I think are this is the film's strongest parts where it's just the Gecko Brothers. For me, that I that was always the part that the part where I was, it felt like two movies, and I and I really loved the first half. With the TV show, it was the opposite. Like in the beginning, like I don't know, it felt like I couldn't make that connection to these new Gecko Brothers too quickly. But once they got like the things going with the vampires and the curses and everything, that show really picked up, and I really need to finish that show because it, it, I really had a lot of fun with it. Now, what are some movies that you think would translate well to a television series? Well. Right off the bat, I'd have to say I would love to see a serialized version of Hellraiser. Yeah. You know, it could even be an anthology thing just about, like, uh, different people in different places who come across the puzzle box and kind of how they react to it. You know, because, like, I was a big fan of the Hellraiser comics, which kind of did a similar style and, you know, just... A lot of different ways you can go about it. Nightbreed. Oh, oh yeah, Nightbreed yeah. Would be great. To stick with Clive yeah. Barker, I mean, I think Nightbreed would be an... I think they are trying to develop that into a TV show, but I think that's just like... Madeira would just be a great world to explore uh, in more depth than just another... Mo- not saying that another movie wouldn't be awesome as well, but I think that it would just be great to have more time to spend in that world would be great. I want to see a Saw TV series. Oh, that'd be cool. The Saw movies are kind are, are kind of episodic anyway because yeah. each each movie he you'll you'll have a different person wake up in a trap. So you could basically do a couple of those in episode, you know, find out how they got into the trap if they make it out. They could even do one of those uh, freeze frames and say, does this person survive? Yes or no? You know, it could be interactive. Ooh, you could even do like uh, America's got America's next stop. No, what is, <laughs> what is it? America's got talent or no American <laughs> Idol, you know, where it's yeah. like you have a couple stories going along and they're like, who's going to survive? text now and we'll have the results tomorrow night and then like you know you you play it out right and then they have two different two different endings like final destination three yes. where like there <laughs> that should be a show final destination oh Just god like, ah <laughs> and please get john waters to direct it because i know he he wishes that he made a final destination movie <laughs> oh Just man i can that. only imagine what 
de- what deaths he could come up with because you know you look at serial mom like he could get real creative with that <laughs> i would say that we need an amityville horror tv series but that's kind of like what the franchise has become yeah. anyway. <laughs> so i don't think we do need it <laughs> And I know I shat on it earlier, but I, I think Damien could be a good show. I think adult Antichrist, you know, you can get some real political stuff in there because one of the big things about the Antichrist is that he unites the world and he kind of becomes a false god. And then, you, you know, so there's a lot that you can explore with that. And I still think, you know, Taika Waititi should do it and like <laughs> have it be kind of like a comical thing. And, you know, why not? I mean, come yeah, on. and I mean, Good, good Omens, uh, you know, got away from it pretty well. Oh, Good Omens is so good. Yes, it is. Uh, um, and let's see. In terms of other franchise shows, uh, I, w- I I also would have dug uh, a Phantasm series. You know, speaking yeah. hypo- hi- purely hypothetically. Imagine if they had made it in the 90s when the adventure craze was all the rage. And, I mean, they made a Beastmaster show, so imagine if uh, <laughs> they were able to get away with that as a series. You know, just Reg- Reggie and Mike traveling the country, trying to track down the tall man and put an end to his uh, corpse snatching. Oh. How have we gone this far with this topic without bringing up the Scream TV series? Oh, yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting Did any that. of us watch it? I, I, I never I watched it. didn't really watch it. <laughs> That answers my question. We <laughs> well, that's been that's one of those shows that that's always like, oh yeah, I should watch that, and then I just never do. Like it's nothing against the show. I hear yeah. you know just the fact that they rebooted it to be more like the '90s ones with even bringing the mask back, but even them doing like a different mask and style, it always sounded interesting and what I want and something I would want to watch. But I just, just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I haven't actively avoided it either, but. It just, I mean, you know, too many movies, too little time. Yeah. I mean, I just haven't gotten to it. All right, final thoughts before we head out of here. What what other uh, TV shows do you wish would happen or are you glad happened? Ooh. Going back to uh, uh, what what uh, James brought up before, that I'm such a huge The Keep fan. I would love, uh, because I know Brian Fuller is also a fan of The Keep, I would love for Brian Fuller to do an adaptation of The Keep. Like a miniseries. Yes. 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 It doesn't need to be an ongoing series, but the book is so huge. The story is so big. It should be like a five or six episode epic. Yeah. And Brian Fuller does such a great job of drawing on all previous source material. So, you know, like with Hannibal, he drew from the books and the movies. So with uh, The Keep as a series, he could draw on the books and the movie, especially that mood lighting. Goddamn. But they need to bring back, like, Ian McKellen at that age because... Yeah, it would, it would fit. Ah, uh, he was he was a handsome fella back in the day. <laughs> he was. Still is, you know, for his yeah. age, but, like, Ian McKellen in The Keep, whoa, he can get it. <laughs> yes. And also, and also, I just love The Keep because uh, he does kind of have a you shall not pass moment in the movie you know, just kind of so kind of a call forward, um, but yeah, no. I, I, if they, did, I would love for Brian Fuller to do a miniseries of the Keep. Yeah, cool. Be down. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call this one an episode then. On that. All right. Uh, our music, as always, is Restless Spirit. So go and rock with them. And our artwork, as always, was done by Chris Fisher. 
So go and check him out. Uh, on the Twitters, you can find me, James J. Edwards, at Cinema Fierite. That's like Verite, but with fear. So it's F-E-A-R-I-T-E. Uh, where can we find you guys on the Twitters, Jacob? You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Davison underscore. That is at J-A-C-O-B-D-A-V-I-S-O-N underscore. As well, uh, you can check out uh, my writing in the horror anthology podcast series Dead Time Stories uh, on iTunes and Google Play. It's and your voice acting. Yes, I do voice act in a few episodes. <laughs> no way. Yes. Even one that he didn't write. He plays an archaeologist oh. in the newest one. Oh, you make me blush. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds sounds like I might have to actually listen to some podcasts for once. Well, I mean, it's more of an audio drama, so yeah. if that'll get you listening. Yeah, it's, 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 they're almost like radio plays, kind of. With less sound effects than a regular rate. But the new ones do actually have some sound effects. That's why I say this new one, he plays an archaeologist, and it's actually voice acting. It's not just reading a story, because there's, like, effects, and, you know, he's selling it, too. Yes, I, I go for the drama. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I got 12 hours of fly time tomorrow, so ah, might as well. Yeah, download some episodes. Perfect. Give it a listen, why don't you? Yeah, that and Creepshow. Where can uh, they find you on Twitter, Korea? Oh, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and the Instagrams at Korean Barbecue. That's C O R R E I A N B B Q. Uh, you can also find me on Stardust. I have been posting. Uh, that's that's my big announcement. I have been posting. I posted a lot, nice. and then I got sick. Um, so then I stopped posting because who wants to see my ugly mug for thirty seconds when I look even more like shit? So you know. Um, but yeah. So check that out. Cool. And you can find all three of us at the Ion Horror Facebook page, the iHorror Facebook page, which is where we all call home. Um, and uh, yeah, hey, give us a shout. Um, let us know if we've forgotten your favorite TV show inspired by a horror movie or if you think your favorite horror movie should inspire a TV show. Let's hear from you. Yeah, and let us know how how much Damien, the TV series that actually was made, <laughs> really hurt and impacted your life. We do have a helpline for that. It's called 189. <laughs> uh, just tweet at us or post on yeah, Facebook. Just, just, we're not your therapist. <laughs> I will help console you. <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. So for me, James J. Edwards. I'm Jacob Davison. And I'm Jonathan Korea. Keep your eye on horror. Horror.